All right, all right, all right. It's KJ. And Kidar. And we are reclaiming my time. (laughs) (laughs) This is Hot Air. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, We've been gone for a while. A little while. Maybe a month. I mean, we haven't been gone. We've been gone from you. We've We've been living our lives. Right. Um, But it's been a month or two months or... Four months. I don't actually know how long it's been since we last recorded, but we're here now. And isn't that what matters? It is exactly what matters because you matter. Public, you matter. You matter. And I am reclaiming my time. Sing it. (laughs) Um, Obviously, we're going to talk about Maxine Waters But we are so happy to be back, you guys. Yeah, it's it's been a long, long time. And I mean, look, we told you when we came back last time, we yep. didn't know how often we would be back. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, this is just people living lives. Yeah, we don't know the broken road <laughs> that led us straight to you. But we are following it in the light of Jesus. The light of the Lord. And please believe that when he called us today, this very Sunday, we answered. We did. And let me tell you right now, the North remembers, okay? (laughs) And so here we are um, because winter is coming. Winter is here. And so... (laughs) Winter came long ago. We are here to be with you, fight with you. Dead of night. Dead of night. Sub-zero temperatures. What do they say on Game of Thrones? The Lord of Light is dark and the night is long. The night is dark. Yes. And and full of terrors. Yes. The night is dark and full of terrors. Now, y'all have to excuse me. I have only recently caught up with all of Game of Thrones, so I get the characters mixed up and the whatnots and the who's-its, but... I'm very excited about it. The North remembers. Yeah. Winter is coming. Here. And so, you know, let's just just let's just pop off. Yeah. Let's just be here in this moment. Celebrate. So well, you know. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> Existing. Fight for survival. Very survival. Yes. Sure. Let's just be here surviving. But like a celebratory fight. Yes. And that is what hot air is. If nothing else, it, it is a nothing it is else. a celebratory fight for our survival, and you guys. We, that's exactly what and it is. that's why we are back. If we ever write a book, it's gonna be called Hot Air Um AKA Semicolon. It's not gonna be a semicolon. Oh, okay, colon. <laughs> You're not going to mix them. Hot air, colon, a fight for our very survival. A celebratory fight. A celebratory fight for our survival. Yes. Colon. We can't have two colons. You can have two colons. No, you can't. If you just mean it no, enough. No, you can't have two colons. If you have enough kind of like balls, like no. gravitas to it. Maybe a comma. Mm, okay. Okay. Or a subtitle. Reclaiming my time. <laughs> yes, reclaiming. <laughs> Obviously, it has to say reclaiming my time. So, anyway, um, enough preamble. I think we should jump into shots. Okay, shots it is. But first, we have to tell the people what we're drinking. Y'all, maybe we'll get here. Yeah, we're going to get here in the shots um, about exactly what we're drinking. But I'm going to introduce what Mrs. Kristen Miller is drinking, which oh. is a spiked seltzer. Now, let me tell y'all. Okay, about this spiked seltzer game. Somebody put me on to this about a month ago. 
And I didn't know my life was missing spiked seltzer until I had it in my life. And now I can't live without it. Yeah. Basically, anytime either one of us is near Whole Foods, which is currently the only place I know that sells it, we have to buy it. Now, see, I actually think we may have, did we, maybe this was off air that we were talking about like raw mugs and like our whole yes, like. No, I mean, yes, raw mugs. And like Pepsi raw and like how is all going to be like, like basically that is, I feel like. I feel like there was an inkling a while ago that this was going to be what it is you needed. Yeah. It was just going to be with tequila and It was foretold. Like yeah. I don't even know what alcohol is in this shit, okay? I don't know what it's spiked yeah. with. It's- All I know is it's delicious and the grapefruit flavor is my favorite. So if you find yourselves near or in or around a Whole Foods, go pick up some spiked seltzer um, and you can tell them I sent you. Yeah. Now, will that get you a discount or no. anything at all? No, it won't. But you can tell them I sent you because it's delicious. We don't have anybody you could tell. Yeah, we literally have really? no clout. But you could just yeah. say it to the cashier, hey, KJ sent me to pick up this spike seltzer yeah. and then you know jaquan would be like yeah. okay if you like awkward silences or you know just like complicating <laughs> your life you should definitely, definitely tell, them. tell them that i definitely you. tell them cool what are you drinking i am drinking a rosé that i was um kind of strong-armed into I don't by know the uh I, tasters okay. the you know horrifying death star tasters okay. at Pompette this feels exaggerated they he forced me into lightly suggested this rosé and we both liked it forced me into this beautiful beautiful rosé <laughs> it's a gorgeous rosé and it's by a black owned vineyard so ayo oh okay yes great we are out here buying black. Yeah, that's great. So, yes, you're having rosé, I'm having spiked seltzer, and we're doing shots, and our word of the day is survival. Okay, there you go. Survival it is. All right. I was so- going to be, like, reclaiming my time. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, we have to start with Maxine. Oh, the Maxine. Her Queen. Majesty Maxine. Queen Auntie Queen Auntie Maxine. And Auntie was, like... A pretty great, you know, like, title of just to begin with. Yes. But now it's just 100% queen auntie. Yes. Maxine Waters, our congresswoman, our... Our congresswoman. Our only hope, truly. (laughs) Okay. Um, Recently... Now, listen, I'm not going to get all the details right, so you can just correct me when I'm wrong. But recently she was... Uh, is it interviewing, deposing? I, I don't know what the right word is, but the 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 treasury. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. treasury guy trying to fuck up his shit. That's what she was doing. She was interviewing and/or deposing him. And what he forgot to do was read the rules of the Senate hearings. Mm-hmm. Also, he forgot to check his privilege at the door. But we'll get okay, to that. okay, he forgot to check his privilege. He forgot to read the rules. He forgot who Auntie Maxine was, but she did not forget. And you know why? <laughs> Because the North remembers, okay? So, she brought all of her collective good learnings and inklings and intuitions yep. to said hearing. And I don't, I still don't know what the hearing was for. But I do know that she came with a good list of questions and evidence and facts and evidentiary hearings and whatnot. <laughs> and she laid it out very clearly. She said, <laughs> now, excuse me, sir, Mr. Department of the Treasury and whoever you are. <laughs> I 
sent you a very well worded letter on the date of May 12th of 2017 to which I never received a response and now I'm going to cede my time to you to explain to me why you didn't respond so here comes Mr. What's It Who's It from the Treasury talking about (laughs) some nonsense okay he's like well I would have said if you had let me I could have been done and no first he was like well first of all let me thank you for your incredible years of service and that's when it started she was already like (laughs) she had the pop off she had it ready ready I mean, hair trigger pop off. Auntie Maxine came in there ready to pop off. Hair trigger pop off. But it's because she knew he was going to be on some fuck shit. He, she it's was already because ready. she knew. And she's of course been, she knew. Right. She's been watching congressional hearings her entire career. And she knew he was on some fuck shit because if you weren't on some fuck shit, you would have answered the letter. That's right. what started this whole line of questioning. All I all I want to question you on is your fuck shit. So obviously right. you're so going to be. Obviously you're full of shit. Yeah. So he comes and tries tries it with the niceties. <laughs> I mean, my man really tried it. Auntie Maxine promptly said, reclaiming my time. <laughs> Thank you for acknowledging my hard work and my effort, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. Okay? <laughs> this is a bitch who knows she's out here working. Sir, I don't need you to remind me. Who the fuck are you? I know who I am. <laughs> I know the work I've been doing, so what I don't need is for you to try and remind me of that. I was there. Right. I was there, my dude. I know exactly how bomb I am. What I don't know is why you didn't respond to this here letter. So I'm reclaiming my time in order to rephrase my question because maybe you didn't catch it the first time because maybe you don't have the same educational background I do, but now I've restated it for you. So why didn't you answer? Okay, so now we're on round two of her asking. This man comes back again with some nonsense. He's like, well, what I was going to say And here comes Maxine. Reclaiming my time. (laughs) I don't care what you were going to say. Just say it. You don't need the preamble. You don't need the preamble. Just say what you were going to say. If you have an answer to this question, answer the question. So here he comes again. Mr. Speaker, I thought that you maybe would. You should be enforcing the rules. I thought this was my time. So now this white man has to explain to this other white man, no, it's not your time. (laughs) To be clear, it was Auntie Maxine's time. She gave you her time. You fucked up that time. She reclaimed her time. Because of the two of you, only one of you is familiar with the rules. And you are not entitled to her time. You aren't entitled. She can reclaim this goddamn time whenever she wants. It's her time. It's her time. It's not yours. It's her time. And ain't that the story of black women everywhere out here? Oh, and I tell you, watching that video, how many times have we been out here? And not just black women, really, women, period, being mansplained too, but black women in particular, how many times have we been in a position where someone felt entitled to our time. How many times on this very goddamn podcast have I talked about men feeling entitled to my time? Entitled. Mm-hmm. That's been many a uh, hot air. Many a hot air. You feel entitled to this time simply because you exist and the world has told you that your opinion and your self is more worthy. But Maxine Waters isn't here for it, is what it comes down to. Yeah. And she was not having it. Having it. And so, anyway, all hail, Auntie Maxine. Yeah. For, in the span of eight minutes, encapsulating everything it means 
to fight the good fight in 2017. I swear to God, if the year ends without me starting an email reclaiming my time, <laughs> then I have fucked up. Ugh. An email, a meeting, something. So. Bless you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, shouts to you. Cheers to you. Whew. So that is Auntie Maxine. Reclaiming my time. Now on to some other fuck shit, bullshit, nonsense. And, you know, I'm glad we get to talk about this on this day, holiest of days, <laughs> Game of Thrones Day. <laughs> yes. On Game of Thrones Day. The, what do you call them? The showrunners? Sure. Yep. Of Game of Thrones um, are working on a new show. Surely this is of no surprise to you, the... Uh, dear listener. <laughs> dear listener. <laughs> Um, this new show is uh, titled Confederate. Yes. And this new show is reimagining history. Yeah. It's it taking is us a, back. Taking no. us all the way back. Well, actually, I think it's set in the future. It's oh, set, well. Or in present day, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the premise is... But it's taking us back. Right. <laughs> the premise is the South won the Civil War. They succeeded in seceding. And there is still slavery in the United States. Yeah. And the showrunners of Game of Thrones thought that that would be a particularly fun and interesting show for us to watch and participate in. And let me be clear, those motherfuckers are wrong. Yeah. And this is not a show we need. It's not a show anybody asked for. It's not a show as far as I can tell from the internet anybody wants. Not even the white people trying to defend their right to make the show, which by all means they have a right to make it. Not even the white people trying to defend their right to make the show sound all that excited about the show. Nobody's excited about the show. It's like black people don't want to watch a show reimagining slavery. White people don't want to watch a show reimagining slavery. Who wants to watch a show reimagining slavery? Who? Who? Not me. You know what I'm saying? Like, so not only does no one want to have this conversation, but first of all, y'all motherfuckers aren't suited to have the conversation. The end that's all. You're not suited to do it. No one trusts you to do it well. No one thinks you're about to be out here bringing up salient points that makes all of us search introspectively into our souls and wonder how it is that we have come here to this place and this time. No one thinks you're going to do that. Plus, what room is there left to explore in that? What good could I possibly gain from watching slavery fan fiction? That would teach me something new about how terrible oppression of black people or, you know, people that aren't white possibly could be, you know, in 2017. What am I going, what am I going to learn? How am I going to be better? Like what new, you know, like angle could you possibly play off of slavery that we don't already either know from history or live daily right. in 2017. I mean, the thing is, what's your, what's your new bet? This this sounds like it sounds like it's basically like the third Spider-Man. You know, right. it's just like what more could we possibly get out of Spider-Man at this point? It's just so dumb, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because it is so dumb. But let me just be clear about two things, maybe three. I'm gonna see where I got with this. <laughs> we'll get there. First, every day. 
every goddamn day in America. You can point to a social or economic ill in the black community and trace it directly back to slavery. It is. Slavery. It doesn't take that many steps to get back to slavery. It's not like I got to explain to you through step A through P and then we get there. Nah, by step C, I'm at slavery, my dude. That is the beginnings of the fact that we can't get housing. We can't get bank loans. We can't start businesses because we can't get funding. We are stuck up in the prison system. You can trace all that shit back to slavery. Every last piece. So you, quote unquote, reimagining slavery, bitch? No, just open your eyes, okay? You don't have to reimagine this shit. We're still living the effects of it. So that's point number one. So, and point number two gets to your point about learning something. Because to me, the only reason you would create a show like this is if you really were trying to make a social statement that we all were learning from. But back to what I said, I don't trust these motherfuckers to teach me not a goddamn thing about racial and social ills in this country. Because let's be clear about why Game of Thrones is as good as it is. It's as good as it is because George R.R. R. R. Martin put his foot wrote in it, it when he wrote, wrote it. it. He wrote the TV series. I'm not giving not a goddamn bit of credit to these motherfuckers because they, he wrote the show. He wrote it. He wrote the show. These motherfuckers just put it on TV with an HBO budget the size of Pluto out here. So yes, with a whole lot of money and some great actors and the scenery of Ireland, I think a lot <laughs> of people could have taken George R.R. R. Martin's book and made that shit pop off. I think a whole lot of motherfuckers could have done it. So I'm not trusting y'all to do shit, to teach me shit, and y'all can just fuck yourselves with this confederate ass bullshit. Yeah. Is what it comes down to. Like, that's what you're going to have me out here next year saying, like, oh, did you watch Confederate on Sunday? I can't, I can't say that out loud and, like, actually look myself in the mirror. still flying Confederate flags off of state buildings in the United States. Yes. This shit is still happening. KKK groups are protesting the destruction of Confederate, like, monuments and the taking down... Um, what's her name? Who scaled the pole and took down the Confederate flag? I'm pretty sure that flag just got put back up. Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon, the chief advisor to the president, ran a white supremacist website for the last decade. Okay, this is the country we live in. We we are living in Confederate. That's why we exactly. don't need a show because That's it's why a no reality one, TV No show. one wants to see this shit because we are living this shit. And if there was something salient to be said about reimagining the Confederate era. It certainly would not be said by be, by these <laughs> two, and I would bet my life on that. Yeah, absolutely. So fuck y'all yeah. for thinking that anybody wants this show. And props to the women who start, who um, are encouraging everyone to use the hashtag tonight no confederate to show hbo nobody wants this shit yeah y'all got plenty of money and there are plenty of creative folks out here with plenty of good ideas yeah. to not put some money behind this bullshit you want to make a show called confederate fund vice with like another million dollars and just like get them to just i don't know record real life. Right. Or remember when that show Underground that was critically acclaimed got canceled? Buy it. Pick that shit up. How about that? Buy it. Anyway. Yikes. Moving on. What are we going to do? Because I, I, I honestly don't think Confederates... I don't know. Maybe maybe I should believe, you know, believe. But the I, I, I don't see Confederate dying. Yeah, I don't know. I if, see us getting me, through at least look, season one. If the show is any good, it will likely be because two of the main writers are black. Yeah. 
So I'm not saying it won't be pleasurable from a viewing experience. What I'm saying is nobody needs it. Now, I don't actually think it will be pleasurable from a viewing experience, but you know what? I've been wrong before. Exactly. It'll be exhausting. And no one, the thing is, it'll be exhausting to all of us. No one wants to see this. Yeah. Like, white people don't want to be reminded of what their ancestors have forced upon all of us for centuries. They don't want that. And black people don't want to be reminded either. It's like, no one does. Yeah, it's like, you actually have to wonder if the whole impetus for doing this show was that somebody thought, wow, race is super hot right now. Like, we'll definitely get press. You know, like, what we should do is come up with a show about slavery Mm -hmm. because we'll get the most attention ever. Yep. And that was the idea. And I don't know if it's Game of Thrones creators. I don't know if it's some... You know, production assistant, because you always know it's the production assistant. That's true. It's always the fucking production assistant. Mm-hmm. Somebody, like, left a memo and put it on somebody else's letterhead and was just like, oh, Showtime's about to do. And then HBO was like, fuck this. We've got to do the slavery show, you know, because they're going to get so much press. Right. Well, that's that. Should we move on to a lighter topic? <laughs> sure. Sure. Yes, please. Well... I was like, what lighter topics are there? Please, let's show me one. Beyonce. There we go. Oh. Now, obviously, we're a couple weeks late, and by that me, I mean, like, about a month late. But the point is, Beyonce has had her twins. And more importantly, she had her twins on my birthday. Guys? I share a birthday with Sir and Rumi Carter. Public? I just don't even know if you guys know how important that is. Now, Kristen Miller's birthdays have been epic, to say the least. It's true. We we throw quite a like a soiree. I love a good birthday, but now it's on another level. I can't even imagine what to, what next year is going to be. No, I can't either because it's going to be me and Sir and Rumi. Are you, you know going to add a year to your life? Is that how it's going to work? Add a year. You know, is it going to be, or two years where it's going to be, I'm celebrating three years of (laughs) birthdays in one. I'm certainly not going to do that, but I do feel like Sir Rumi and I will, you know, we will figure out (laughs) the best way to celebrate our birthday. Yes, (laughs) I will conference with them. We will have a good long chat and we will determine the best way to celebrate. Do you think they have people yet? Of course. Do you think? Like, I know they have nannies. For sure they have nannies. Mm-hmm. They have trademarks, so they must have people. <laughs> oh, my God. They have trademarks? Yes. Their their names are trademarked. If I tried to sell anything I'm, I'm on the internet that said Sir. Sir Carter. No, Sir Carter. Oh, okay. And Rumi Carter All are right. trademarked. So if I tried to sell a backpack today that said Sir Carter, I would get slapped with a lawsuit tomorrow. Okay? So I'm sure they have people. All right. But, you know, shout out to them and shout out to me and shout out to us and our shared birthday. What would that interview be like? Like Beyonce sitting in front of you pregnant with your boss. And you're just like, well, I really think that I'm going to best serve Sir Carter. Is that what his name's going to be? You know, with the following kind of five-step plan. Oh, I'm sure. I'm (laughs) sure the, the list of folks who interviewed to be their nanny was long. Like, I feel like until Sir and Rumi came through, the most crazy thing I'd heard about, you know, just like in vitro 
care was trying to get them into preschool while you were still pregnant with them. Oh, well, they obviously already have that locked in yeah. if they're not just doing homeschooling, which mm, they probably are. I feel like they've got a homeschool, right? Yeah. Although, even if Blue did homeschool, I know she was a part of a dance class in L.A. because I saw the recital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So somehow she was planning her roots out here. Someone stays in L.A. long enough to make sure this girl goes to dance rehearsal. Yeah. So. Also, uh, she has bars. I feel like we need to talk about that, which kind of goes into our <laughs> next topic, which is 444. Her freestyle. Here's what I say about her freestyle, because the lyrics themselves were mostly nonsense. But the flow of it. Yeah. Was a legit flow. That probably is what happens when you just live with Beyonce and Jay-Z. Like, even your gibberish comes out in bars. Mm -hmm. Never seen a ceiling in my whole life. Huh? That's hot. I don't know exactly what it means, but right. I feel like you're spitting hot fire out here. That was fire. Yeah. And she was mixing up the beats and whatnot, the counts. Mm -hmm. I was like, look at you. Six, eight. Yep. Four. Four. Yep. <laughs> Various times. Yep. I just, I mean, she really was doing it. She was doing it. Shouts to her. So, it does bring us to 444, though. It does bring us to 444. And let's just, I'm going to just pause and say, we realize many of these topics have already been talked about. But look, this is what we want to talk about. Yeah. And we ain't been on the air in a cool two months. So, yeah. we're just talking about what we want to talk about. Yeah. So, 444. Four four forty four 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 to four. Wow. Four hundred forty four four four. All right. <laughs> um, okay, so about four four four. Now. <laughs> really? We can just keep saying four if you right. if well, you like. Yes, yeah, four four four. No, the thing is, I like the title. It has a number that is beautiful <laughs> to my re- mouth. Repetitive. No. Here's the thing. This is why I feel like I'm having trouble <laughs> constructing a sentence about 4444 for is that it simply just on many levels made me love Beyonce more, want more for her. That's it. Like uh-huh. it just it's a good album. He's rapping well. Um, the beats are good beats, um, and I'm happy for his artistic growth. Yes. But Beyonce is so important, and Beyonce is so much more important to me and to the world than Jay-Z. And the fact that this album just confirmed and validated all the hurt and pain he caused this black woman who I love as much as my flesh and blood. It just made it hard for me to feel anything but protective of Beyonce and feel anything but like angry on her behalf. Like I'm happy he had this thing here, but to me, 444 will always just be an album that like confirmed and validated how epic Lemonade was. Mm -hmm. That's it. It just put Lemonade back on a pedestal for me. Not that it ever left that pedestal, but it reinforced it. It shined a brighter light on it. Put that shit on the throne. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just reinforced my love for Beyonce and made me feel so protective of her. Yeah, I feel like we can get that out of the way. Lemonade is better than 444. By, like, 800 million percent. 
And that's even with all of these sweet-ass videos that are coming out. Like, Story of OJ, great. Great video. Video Video of the year. It's a great video. I can't think of a better video that came out. great video. And Story of OJ is a great song. That's probably my favorite song on the album. 444 is a great video. It's like the eight-minute-long one with some, like, contemporary dance in it, and it's got all those interviews and stuff going on. I think I watched the interviews. I don't know if I saw the dancing and the whatnots. All I know, yes. Mahershala Ali is in, like, another video, and I think it's a continuation of, like, the boxing promo that happened. See, but here's what... But see, but even that... Even... Okay. (laughs) Even the release of these videos and these interviews and these shorts and these think pieces that he's done, these interviews, whatever. (laughs) Even that, to me, feels like his attempt to put this album on a level playing field as Lemonade. That's what it feels like to me. It feels like he realizes that his wife has released probably the most important album of our generation. And in an attempt to not be second fiddle to that, he's trying to think through what are all the different ways I can position this, sell this, put it in, market this, blah, 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 blah. Who can I bring in to speak to it? Who can be the face of it? What are the subject matters I want? Like, it feels so much more calculated. And by the way, I think Lemonade is calculated, at least in terms of how it's pieced together. She pieced it together to be a masterpiece, and that is what it is. <laughs> but Calculated right. because I wanted it to be brilliant. Yes. Yes, but but it is her lived pain, and you can feel that in every song and every note. You can feel her lived pain and her genius behind crafting a story around that pain. Yeah. Four four forty four four to me is more. Here is. A, a genius in his own right. I think Jay is an incredible rapper. He's one of the few rappers whose albums I've ever spent money on. Here's an incredible, intelligent rapper who knows what the expectation is given that his wife has released this epic masterpiece and who has crafted something that at least starts to get on the same plane yeah. as that album. Okay? So, fine props to him i'm not mad at him for this album because it's good for what it is but it just puts into extreme spotlight how great lemonade was yeah yeah that's what this album did for me for sure you know it's such an interesting point it's like it almost goes back to confederate a little bit and i won't i won't go back anymore interesting but you what value do you get from hearing from the person who didn't live the pain? Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. What value is there in hearing from the oppressor? Okay. I mean, truly, truly. And by the way, and they made this point on one of my other favorite podcasts, um, Still Processing. It's a New York Times podcast with these two bomb black folks. Anyway, they make this point, which is Beyonce, because her lived pain was so real, she made a whole album around it. Jay devoted one song and like one verse on another song to that pain that he inflicted on her. And the rest is about some other shit because it simply didn't affect him the same. And just knowing that, particularly as a black woman, knowing that and watching so so many women I know live 
that pain and knowing what it really does do to someone like and knowing that on top of that pain Beyonce is still literally the biggest most important most successful pop star of our time because she took that pain and made it into fucking lemonade like it just I don't know another way to say it other than it it just centers Beyonce this 4444 just centers the greatness and the majesty of Beyonce. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I feel like you also have to fundamentally acknowledge Jay-Z's calculus around profitability. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he is 100% doing things that... And he raps about it, too. He raps about the fact that he's doing this to create... I mean, that's that's all right. legacy is about. Yeah. You know, like, create wealth yeah. for the dynasty. Right. For the future, for the children, right. for all that stuff. And which I get. You know? I am not opposed to creating wealth yeah. out here. At all. But... I don't know. I just don't know if there's anything else I can say that I haven't already said. Yeah. No, no, no. I, but, yeah. I think that it comes down to what he accepts as praise for this album and, like, what we find him responding to. Because I feel like there's... That's where his authenticity will be called into question. Mm-hmm. Like, if he finds himself being praised for shedding light on the hardships of, you know, potentially uh, abusive relationships from the perspective of the abuser, Mm -hmm. that's going to be one thing, right? Right. But if it shed light on the fact, which I think it has been so far, that, like, his album went platinum in four days or something like that, or, you know, uh, like, uh, all all of those things, or, you know, highlighting these, you know, um, men... Uh, All in, these cheating ass men that he's interviewing, yeah, including Chris Rock. Well, but like, and 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 they all in there telling they sob stories about how hard it is to keep a relationship and hold a woman down, bitch. But okay, but Fine. you know, just like having it. So so I feel like that that is exactly what time will tell. You know, like that is what we will look back on because. He's provided, I think, a lane for us to navigate the legacy of 444. And we'll see, you know, if it results in just kind of like apologizing for, you know, those who did wrong. Or if it really means like, here's how we are helping those who did wrong do better next time. Or those who could do wrong not do wrong for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I will say, though, props to him for taking on something that big. Because he could have just been, like, Yachty out here making a Sprite commercial. You know what? But, but you know what? I don't even know if I'm going to give him props for that. And I think I said this on Facebook or somewhere. What else could he have done but address the situation with Beyonce? Truly. If he had released an album of him talking about clubs and drugs and money and prison, people would have been like, okay, cool album. But everyone would have been like, but there's such a huge elephant in the room. I can't even move in this room. Hmm. Like the elephant in this room is so big. The fact that you didn't address it is just like such 
like like just offensive oblivion that why would I even want to listen to this? Like, I honestly don't think he had a choice. So I honestly don't feel like he deserves any props for that piece of it. But all right, mm, all right, that's me. And I'm saying this as a Jay Z fan. I think I like Jay Z a lot as a rapper. I think he's a great rapper. I think he puts on great concerts. Been to many of his shows. Like, I don't dislike him, but I will say this album made me dislike him a little, a little bit. Oh, all right, a little bit. I just really want to just sit down with Beyonce and make sure she's okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really just feel like if only one person comes out of this alive, it's got to be B. That does seem to be a good litmus test for most of the things that have happened in the past few years. Just like, mm, what does Beyonce think? Exactly. It's like I said before. If B tells me we're okay with J, then I'm going to be like, all right. We're okay with Jay, but at the first smoke signal, okay, she sends a smoke signal, a carrier pigeon, a raven from the north, <laughs> and lets me know that we ain't cool with Jay. That's the end of Jay for me. I'll burn every last CD. Blue hides it in one of her new verses. <laughs> right. I will burn. Blue drops a mixtape. Every last CD. Say the word, B. Say the word, okay? And every CD will be burned. Yeah, well, and that's that. Yeah, the stakes are high. The stakes are real high out here. But they have like billions of dollars. That's true. Anyway, moving on to a couple more amazing uh, black women. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's finish off what we've missed. How about that? Yeah, we've missed a lot. Um, Serena, Serena Williams, in her Vanity Fair article. Let me just say something about this Vanity Fair article. Uh, Did you read the Vanity Fair article? I didn't know. Well, I personally feel validated by this Vanity Fair article. Wait, is it about the Reddit dude? It is about this broke ass <laughs> oh Reddit dude and their quote unquote love. No. Now let me let me <laughs> tell you, you can't say that. Yes, I can. Let me tell you, the author of this Vanity Fair article, he's actually very famous. I think his name is Buzz something or other. Buzz something, Bussinger, whatever. Buzz says basically He's chronicling the tale of their love. That's the article. It's about their love. But throughout the article, Buzz makes it so very clear. I am positive his name is not Buzz. It's his name, I think, is Buzz. Buzz makes it very Serena clear. Buzz? No! The author of the article's name oh, is oh, Buzz. Oh, oh. I thought you were like, Serena's married to some dude no. Buzz. Serena's fiance, I forget what his name is, and it frankly doesn't matter. Buzz makes it very clear that Serena is so much more important <laughs> So much more successful, so much more worthy of a Vanity Fair article than this dude she's marrying. He takes every opportunity to point that shit out. And I would just like to say, (laughs) Buzz, you and I are in agreement. We are in alignment on this. You are reclaiming Serena's time. We don't know why. Serena is with homeboy whose name I still haven't learned and I won't learn. Okay. Because at the end of the day, 
why would I need to know your name? <laughs> why, like, honestly, I know Serena's name and I know I'm going to know that baby's name, but I don't need to know your name, okay? Because Serena is out here slumming it with you. I know this. Oh Buzz knows this. <laughs> and I'm so happy Buzz chronicled this in Vanity Fair. That's all I got to say about it. All right. Did you like the pictures? Oh, she looked amazing. And let me guess Buzz did. Now, mind you, the pictures were done by what's that famous photographer for Fanny Fair? Annie. Yeah, uh, Le- 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 Lebowitz. Lebowitz. Yeah, I think Lebowitz did it. Even Lebowitz was out here playing Reddit homeboy because every picture was basically Serena, ethereal goddess, gorgeous serving. muscles serving you. Um, you know, goddess love, joy, black girl magic, and then it would be. Um, read it and um he would just be sitting in a chair in a white t-shirt <laughs> like honestly honestly all the shots were her and her pregnant belly serving you just straight up luxury aces and him off in the corner looking sad and like he don't belong so i feel like buzz and lebowitz were on the same motherfucking page about this they were just sitting to each other probably texting each other during the photo shoots and the whatnots being like serena's with him <laughs> okay Ooh, um, i mean ugh. anyway i was just happy to see that vanity fair agreed so wholeheartedly yeah. with me yeah about this now they didn't say it quite as plain as i have said it that she is slumming it with him. But I read between the lines, okay? And I bet if any one of you listeners goes and reads that article, you'll be like, oh, no, KJ's right. Well, you know. I mean, the subtext is there. You're not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. (laughs) Okay. So. I know I'm not wrong. She is slumming it. All right. But she seems happy, so. Do we have any other, like, stuff from way back that we need to talk about? I don't think so. All right. All right. Well, then let's get into the other reason why it's Holy Sunday. Insecure. Insecure. Yes. Well, and by the way, we've got like 13 minutes to wrap up. Hot shots. Hot shots is not no, what it's you called. Know. Shots and hot air. <laughs> so. Let's do it. Let's jump in. What are your thoughts on Insecure? Um... It is just, like, a great space. I feel like the thing that they did... So, season two, all of you, I hope, have seen it. If not, sorry for the spoiler here. This is where you need to, you know, cut out. But um, one in particular, I think, is just the concept of a wind-down. Everybody has it. Everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. Yeah, we call it a kickback on the East Coast. So, um... They introduced it, and I think it's perfect, and that's exactly what Insecure, I feel like, feels like in, like, a meta Mm -hmm. way. This is a great space. Mm -hmm. I don't even think I really care what happens during the show, because it is 30 minutes of the space to just, like, live unabashedly, in freedom, you know, thinking what you think, saying what you say, having that just be real and not have to be filtered or right. you know mediated or any or, or thought about right. you know outside of just like authenticity it is 30 minutes of smart funny casual interesting provocative blackness yeah it's a great black space it's just a black ass space 
but like such a, a well carved yeah black ass face and the thing is everything that's happening on the show i think is universal like in terms of relationships breaking up forming jobs you know being difficult or figuring out that you're making less than whomever or navigating your space in the world trying out therapy as an adult which i think many more of us should be doing and we're sort of reticent to do like there's so many real as things happening that i think are universal and not in any way relegated just to the black experience but what makes it so black is all the motherfucking characters are black and so you get to live it through the eyes of a black person of many black people and it just feels good yeah it just feels good to get to live that these stories these moments these experiences through the perspective of black folks yeah feels it's great yeah it's super great it's just like but it's also universal we have plenty of non-black listeners and i'm encouraging all of you to watch it because it's just like a good breath of fresh air yeah You'll experience it somewhat differently than we will, just like we experience, like, I don't know, friends somewhat differently than white people do. But that doesn't mean it's not, like, a universal show that we can't all enjoy, right? I very much think it touches on so many universal subjects, but, oh, it just feels good that it's as black as it is. And frankly, it'll probably just be super funny to those who aren't black, because I know... I've watched many a Friends episode being like, okay, well, black people wouldn't have done it that way. Right. Like, that's not how it would have gone down if we were in right. Harlem. Right. You know, like, thanks, West Village, but right. <laughs> we'll take it from here. Yeah. So, cheers to her. Cool. Cool. Well, I think we've got to hop to hot air. Okay. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, you go first. Okay. Um, I'm going to be quick. My hot air is the goddamn White House and all this fuckery. Uh, Spicer quitting made sense, needed to happen. He was terrible at his job, and his boss hated him. Scaramucci, is that how you say his name? Scaramucci? Scaramucci? Yeah, go for it. The Mooch. Calling a reporter <laughs> and literally being the source because he called a reporter and did not ask for it to be off the record and then just unloaded on Rince Priebus. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. Sure, you know. On everybody saying he was going to fire this, that, and the third. Just such ignorance and assholery. Trump attacking Sessions at every turn. By the way, ain't no love lost between me and Jeff Sessions. That's a racist-ass man, a racist-ass troll who can get the fuck out. However, the fact that Trump is attacking his own attorney general, it just... All of this... This is not what happens in America. This is not what happens in this country. We are not some third world, like, barely developed, barely seated, you know, government that doesn't know how to do things. All of the playbooks have been written. We've been doing it for hundreds of years. Like, the fact that they're fucking it up so royally and giving all of us such constant, unending headaches, the White House is my is my hot air. Just full stop. The White House is fucked. <laughs> it's completely fucked. And they're full of hot air. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. mine. What about you? Well, mine... Believe it or not, in this 
era in this time is a breath of fresh air for the one and only, my hero, J.K. Rowling, who is a model for how to use your voice in these times of despair. Um, I could really speak about any one of her tweets. The most recent one I think that everyone should look up is her response to Tommy Laren. I don't really Tomato, think Tomato, Lamani, yeah, whatever her name I is. I don't know how to say it. Tommy, Lala, who cares? Okay. She's irrelevant and dumb. T.L.? Anyway, she... Some racist bitch. <laughs> call her that. Said something racist. Which she does. And J.K. Rowling comes back with everything that I personally believe, <laughs> in my personal opinion, we should be as Americans, or could be, or were called to be prior to November 8th. Like, this was this was the call. This was why it was cool to live here. You know, this is why you got to be proud. And I am so glad that we get to find it somewhere. You know, get to find now, like, the inspiration somewhere for what it means to just not have a negative impact on somebody else's right to just live how they are. Yeah. That is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And quite literally in 2017, sadly, but beautifully, a breath of fresh air. So go look up J.K. Rowling. Please follow her. Please look up her tweets. Look up the uh, Tommy, whatever her name is, exchange, because it's beautiful. It will restore your faith in humanity. And that's all I've got to say. Amen. Well, I feel good about that. Yeah. And I feel good about our um, return. Uncorked. I think that's how I describe it. Nice. You guys are going to hear a lot from us in the next couple weeks. Agreed. Slash years. Slash forever. Assuming uh, we keep recording episodes, which no promises, but we love you. Well, you know, great. (laughs) Cheers. Bye. Bye.